Welcome to another episode of The Dragon and That Sucker. Today we will be bringing you content that will be exactly like last week, which is about absolutely nothing. Enjoy! To Dats Tuesday. Tori, thank you for joining me again. Yes, sir. What's cracking? Well, that's a very interesting way to say something to me today. Uh, I, I guess I could say a lot of things. Uh, what's popping? You could. You could. I could also say, what's Krizaka lacking on the 411 to the 415 play, boy? That would be uh, exactly 826. I would be able to affirm that immediately. Immediately. Very good. Very good. So Tori and I have spent the last hour and a half talking about a lot of great things, waiting for uh, the right opportunity to start recording. And nice, nice. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the subject tonight? Well, you know, we we were hoping to have a guest on. Uh, That didn't quite work out. We'll we'll try to get that coming back. In in our opinion, in my opinion, it's a, a guest. I think that that is going to be inspirational and very moving for a lot of people a great story uh, and a great a great um, community person it's just a fantastic human that i really hope we can get on the show we're here to talk about some injustices oh we and don't how, go there Cody. We don't go well there. you know i mean that's what we've been rapping about you know like we've been bringing it up we've been having a good debate bringing point oh. counterpoint to it i think it's been very productive for us it's uh i haven't hung up on my uh co-host yet thank you i appreciate he hasn't that. he hasn't kicked me off of my own zoom which he has done in the past i have that ability uh so it's been it's been great to <laughs> to have a good conversation but one thing that inspired both of us and what inspired me to start recording tonight because again uh you know it's kind of calling an, uh, an audible we're doing a hot route you know who's really good at that is uh, Peyton Manning. Omaha. <laughs> Blue 52. Yes, I'm talking about you. We're going to go uh, 32 Ray Lewis. 32 Ray Lewis. <laughs> hey, Ray Lewis, man. That dude. Now that dude, man. He's, he's inspirational. Oh, my gosh. In fact, my son has taken a bit of his uh, story. And, and really taking it to heart. A real quick a real quick insight. My son is enamored with getting in better shape. Right now, okay. he wants to ride bikes. That's what's up. But he admits, and he's only 11, so 11 and a half. He admits that he doesn't really know what it's like to struggle. And he asked me yeah. a bit about what, what does struggle mean? So I shared him the story, the inspirational story of Ray Lewis and how Ray Lewis was raised by a single mom who had lots of men coming in and out of the house. And a lot of times his mom got beat and he got to a point where he was, he was 12 or 13. I don't know the age exactly. I've heard uh, the story a few times, a few different ways. And he asked his mom if she'd buy him a deck of cards. And he, uh, he went through the deck of cards and, you know, two was two pushups. Two, two would be two sit-ups, two, two, you know, would be two pull-ups, whatever it was. And then oh, wow. two all the way through king, you know, ace, jack, or, or 10, jack, queen, king were 10s, sure. and then ace was more. Um, sure. But anyway, he would go through the deck of cards, and my son was like, Dad, can you buy me a deck of cards? I was like, wow. Heck yeah, man. 
I said, okay. what's your, what's your motivation? He's like, well, he's my motivation. I mean, if he can do it, he's like, I was, he was, he, Ray Lewis admitted it. He was never the fastest. He was never the strongest. Yep. He just, he was the, just the most determined to get to the ball. Yep. The most he, like he's, and, and something that I have always told my son, there are a few things that we talk about. One is easier to keep up than it is to catch up. It's that's one thing. Never give up is, is another one. Like never give up, never surrender. Like never, never say I'm done. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm just done. Like your, your body has to be the one that does it. And the other is find your struggle, you know, to go. Life is hard. Do the hard thing, do the hard thing. And so those are the things that kind of things that we, we talk about, but um, Ray Lewis is definitely one of those. There's another, there's another fantastic guy and off the top of my head. I'm forgetting his name. He's a bodybuilder. Um, that I follow on Instagram and he's just a, just a crazy, crazy guy. He's just fit. I mean, he's fit on top of fit. Then you add fit on top of that. And then he punches fit in the face. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's a, he must be pretty flabby then. Like, you, you know, I don't know if I want to even look at a picture of him. It sounds like it's kind of flabby. I'm going to show you a picture of him right now because that's just how I'm going to have to roll. Look, I don't really look at guys like that, Cody. So, I mean, it's not necessary. What you don't you don't browse through multiple pictures of dudes that look like that? Negative. That's weird. That's Touché. really it's, I, <laughs> so uh we I brought it up to Tori and he agreed. And we want to talk a little bit about change. We are in a perfect time and place to accept and to grab a hold of change. And this is going to come to a shock to a lot of people that know me. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm just going to get right into it, Tori. You cool? Go ahead. The only change that can be made cannot be made from a person to person. I can't change you. You can't change me. I'm not going to change Tori and Tori's not going to change me. If it's just at the surface, human to human level, soul to soul, heart to heart, that's where the change is going to come. But not just there. In, in my opinion, in my belief, the soul is governed by God. And the grace of God is where the change comes. I'm going to speak to Tori. Tori's going to speak to me. And we're going to do it respectfully and out of care and love. Because we know who, where, where we both came from. We came from the same place. We're going to go to the same place. Maybe not me, but... Tori for sure is just gonna go to a great place. We're working on it, Cody. We're working on it, man. We're gonna get you the Playboy. We're gonna get you there. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, this dude really is trying to make me look at some man. Okay. Look at that dude. All right, Cody. I looked at him. Are you happy? Look back at the happy, screen. Cody? Look at the screen. There it, it is. <laughs> there it is. It look doesn't at that. change. It doesn't change my position, man. Dang. It doesn't change my position. So Keegan and I have an, a, an aspiration to get there. Now, okay. the, only, the only challenge is that I don't know the science to, to change my skin color. So my son looks up to that guy. He thinks he's a bad dude. Uh, so he was pretty fit. So, I mean, that's a good role model to, to aspire after. Yeah. 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 His son's into soccer, but anyway, um, change is only going to come when, and an understanding of each other is only going to come through that grace, that gift of as, as close as you can get to what we were talking about you know, a couple of podcasts ago, which is love, the agape. 
and and that's where it's going to come. That's the only way. I mean, Tori and I differ on a number of fronts uh, with you know our opinions about various groups of of you know, organized groups, um, not groups of people, but organizations. We differ on the fact that I would make probably the best CEO of his company of all time. He thinks, of course. I don't know if we differ on that, Cody. I don't. I don't know if we differ on that. You said you wouldn't hire me because I'm not black. Okay, you were very clear. No, I did not say that, Cody. <laughs> what I did say that is you're not black enough from the waist up. Thank you. I didn't have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I wasn't the one that said it this time. Yes. You're right. I am I am not. Uh, but to keep it real. Share, Tori, share your thoughts on that because you're, you have a very persuasive and insightful view on, on the heart and the condition of people. And, and something that you said is what inspired me to start recording, which was you know, when, if it's going to take people having compassion. And I thought, well, how do you, how do you, I could never just tell someone, be more compassionate. <laughs> A, a, I'm not demonstrating compassion. B, they're not going to receive that and be more compassionate. It's the sure. So, man, it is a very so. So I've been. I'm not gonna say I've been accused, but you know, I, I've had some conversations with people who have um, have asked me, "Is it possible that you're too idealistic?" And what does that mean exactly in the sense of of the world we live in? So let me give you an example. A lot of people may agree. A lot of people may disagree. Barack Obama ran on an ideal in 2008 that he could bring change we could believe in. And that change was that he could transcend politics, transcend the blue, the red, and we would become the United States. Now, unfortunately, that didn't happen. However, I believe... Barack Obama believed wholeheartedly in that message. That is an example of idealism. Mm-hmm. And sometimes idealism can, can be so, so intense, you lose grasp of reality. Barack Obama had a harsh reality when he was elected. Mm-hmm. And those reds said, nope, 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 nope. That change you can believe in began to change that United States begin to change. And some would argue that his message, which was to become the most United States of America, actually created arguably the most divisive States of America. That was all based off of an ideal. Anyway, I say all that to say that I've had conversations with people who would say that I'm maybe too idealistic, Cody. My idealism comes from a worldview that says love is the most important thing. Love is more important than the color of your skin. Love is more important than your nationality or your heritage. Love is more important than your gender. Love is more important than how you feel sexually when it comes to connecting with somebody else. Love is more important than your status in the world, how much money you make, how, how, how much notoriety you have. Love is more important than how old you are. 
Love is more important than your social economic position, right? Are you articulate? Are you a barbarian? Are you, you know, militant? Are you pacifist? At the end of the day, my worldview teaches that the most important thing is love and that we're all equal, period, period. If you were created, if you're living on this planet, you are of equal value of every other human being that is living and created on this planet. You start there. That is that is where you start. And from there, you can start to appreciate nationality, culture, sexuality, whatever the case may be, right? You can start to appreciate classism or, or your, your social status. You can start to appreciate your age. You can start to appreciate your position in the world as far as how you approach the world, your, your philosophies, things of that nature. But it starts with your intrinsic value as a human being. The problem with us, and it's not just in America, it's across the world, because guess what? There's other countries that don't struggle with racism. They struggle with sexism. There's other countries that don't, that don't struggle with racism or sexism. They struggle with classism. There's other countries that don't struggle with either. They struggle with something else. The point is prejudice is prejudice is prejudice is prejudice. We as human beings find a way to belittle other human beings, period. That is a condition of the heart. And when you say that we can't fix that, I agree wholeheartedly. We cannot fix that. That is going to take something bigger than us. There's a lot of us that don't want to fix it, Cody. There's a lot of us that don't want to fix it. And, that, and that's one of the reasons, and that's one of the reasons why you can't fix it, is because not everybody's on board to fix it. Um, right. But even if everybody was on board, you I just don't believe we as human beings by ourselves can fix the issue. Um, there is a part of us that's always going to rebel. And that, again, is the condition of the heart. So it's going to take something bigger than us. What that is, I believe, is God who permeates us with a supernatural love that then will outpour and allow us to be compassionate. It will outpour and allow us to love unconditionally on you know, somebody who is of a different gender, of a different race, of a different nationality, of a different ethnicity, of a different social status, of a different fill in the blank, because at the end of the day, that doesn't matter anymore. What matters is they are a human being of equal value and they should be loved and looked at in that way. Amen. Absolutely. Jason Ma has a song called Love. I think I've sent it your way before. And his lyrics are pretty potent. Uh, he's got Bruno Mars singing the hook on it. But anyway, it's... it's That's some pull, man. That's some serious pull. Yeah. So, you know, he says in his lyrics, he's like, I'm telling you right now, love is sacrifice. Love is, is thinking about others before you think about yourself. It's selfish. Selfless, not selfish. Love is God and God is love. Love is when you lay, out, lay down your life for another, whether your brother, your mother, your father, or your sister. It's even laying down your life for your enemies. So that's unthinkable, but think about that. Love is true. And then he quotes scripture. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it does not record. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
You see, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. It always preserves. It never fails and is everlasting. It's eternal and it goes on and on and it goes beyond time. Love is the only thing that will last when you die. But then ask the question, why? Why you know, do you have love? Hmm. And I think it embodies what you said. And I think a lot of times, I was alluding to this in our pre-podcast recording today, that historically Christians have muddied the waters of what Christ, what his purpose was. He did not hang out with his fellow Christians like um, like we do. <laughs> you, you quoted Martin Luther King. Sunday is the most segregated morning of the week, right? And, and it's interesting to think who was Jesus and who did he walk around with? Why was he so hated by the Sadducees and Pharisees? Why was he so hated by those traditionalists? It's because he spent his time with murderers, robbers. He spent his time with the sick, the infirm, the adulterers, the people who were social outcasts, people who were not part of any of the traditional groups. That's who he spent his time with. So much so that he was persecuted for that. And even even his followers on the day that he was to be selected as being crucified, his followers were chanting, crucify him as well, interestingly enough. So we have polluted his message so much through the, you know, again, not picking on any particular religion, but you look at the history of time, a lot of wars were fought in the name of God when we know that's not what he, that's not how he wanted us to live necessarily. I mean, there, there are evidences, evidence-based uh, actions from you know, biblical, if you believe in the Bible. He did believe in war if you persecuted his people long enough, but he believed that rising up and look at what we're doing right now. Look what is happening right now. There's been so much persecution, but the point, the point is, is that the love that you were talking about really was embodied by Jesus when he was on, on earth and what he, his plan and his mission and his motive through teaching was not to teach those that already believed, but to take a man who sought his believers and make him an apostle. Those people that quite literally were persecuting his his followers horrifically and and speaking to them in parables and stories to give them to to a disarm them right and b to give them a message that was kind of in their face but not in a prosecutive way and and then also to sit down on a hill and feed people and ask them to gather to hear his stories those weren't those weren't his followers he didn't just preach to his followers he spoke to those who were in in spiritual need so he spoke soul to soul that's where again the change happens is at the soul and you know i think i've lived my life very loving and open and considerate uh, i believe that many people do live that way and that there is a majority of humans on earth, on earth that want to be a part of a bigger family and then if you look just within our borders and within our communities, we have a minority, in my opinion, that are continuing to hold on to old values. And unfortunately, 
that's not going to be changed by uh, throwing a rock through their window, right? It's not going to change by someone burning down their own community. It's going to change by having open dialogue and not being angry at them for not seeing what you see. I don't believe in a woke culture. What I believe in is connecting human to human and having a real conversation. Uh, so that's, you know, that's again, just a belief you know, that I have, but anyway, I thank you, Tori. Uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts a little bit, your insights, your friendship, your kindness, the way that you were raised. Uh, I mean, share, I would love for you to share with people a little bit about your experience. Uh, and I want to relate one of my experiences that I had and share what I shared with you about, uh, it, it being a similar experience, but for different, very vastly different reasons. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you know, again, Cody, man, it's all love. And, you know, I truly believe it's only by the grace of God that we have developed the friendship that we have over the last 14 years, 15 years, I should say, and uh, being able to connect spiritually. Mm -hmm. I, I use this term a lot when I, when I speak of us, and that's kindred spirits. A lot of people who don't believe in the supernatural or the metaphysical, they'll never be able to grasp that concept. Right. Right. Kindred spirits is beyond the physical. I believe David and, um, well, I'm drawing a blank here, his best friend in the Old Testament. I forget his name. But anyway, they were kindred spirits. Um, they were so close that a lot of groups tried to argue that they were homosexual in nature. No, they weren't homosexual in nature. They had a supernatural connection. And that's, that's what that was. It was beyond the physical. So I feel that way about you, Cody. I feel like we have a supernatural connection. We're kindred spirits. So it's, it's all love. I'm thankful that we're able to do this podcast together. And as far as my background goes, so 35 years, Cody, 35 years, I was raised a certain way. I had a certain worldview. And for those 35 years, off and on, I wasn't always on, but when I was on, most people would say, Tori is a very religious guy. It took me 35 years to understand that was not the message of God. God wasn't like, Tori, become the most religious person on the planet. And that is how you would connect with me. But I was raised very religious. I was raised in a black family, black culture. Again, my mom was, was involved in my life who is white. So all I knew growing up was the black culture, the black experience, the black community, which includes the black church was raised Baptist. And in the midst of all that was a lot of compassion towards white America. Why do you think that is Cody? Well, because racism started in the black Baptist church. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we know, I mean, we know historically, we, speaking, we know historically speaking that, the black community decided one day um, after they were free to yeah. bolt and create this mindset that white people. Yes. Are oh, absolutely. The devil. Well, it was I, from what I've heard and what I've read recently that the black slave folk, I think that's what they were called back then. Black slave called, they were called something else, but we won't use that term on this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that's also speculation. Um, 
Mm. I'm just going with fact. I'm just going with fact, like I always do. I've written, I, I've actually watched YouTubes of some slaves and they were able to experience those terms and share those terms. So, But that was all part of the message to take a very open, most slaves in America were owned by other black Americans. That is not true, Cody. What? They were owned by corporations. They were owned by corporations. Black black founded corporations, I know. No, that's not true. We don't know the color of those corporations. Okay. We don't. The the history doesn't give us the exact color of the CEOs and owners of those corporations. We just know the corporations owned them. Their their signs in print were all black background with these tiny little white letters. That's speculation. <laughs> Go ahead, Tori. Yes, I. You were. Uh, anyway, one of my favorite churches, by the way, was a Black Baptist church. Look, don't patronize us right now, Cody. Okay, I'm just don't saying. It was fun. Us. It was Look, fun. We don't need you pandering to the Black community right now, Cody. Ain't no pandering. Anyways, what so pandering, what does pandering mean? Pandering means. Okay, next one. Yes. All right. Cool. Anyways, so. <laughs> I didn't learn compassion. I didn't learn true agape love till later in my life. And that is unfortunately uh, one of the problems with the religiosity of following someone like Yeshua. I'm not even going to use his American name. You know what? I'm not even going to get technical. Let's talk about, you know, I am going to get technical. No, let's get technical for a minute, Cody. Let's get technical. Do you know who Yeshua is, Cody? Yes, I do. Yes, that is the Hebrew name. The Hebrew name of the man who is known by most as Jesus. Do you know how we got from Yeshua to Jesus? Well, Yeshua didn't actually have, well, even before then, no vowels in the name, the Hebrew name, and then moved into a a more modernized, easily pronounced name. That's a very, very high level of it. But essentially, Yeshua was transliterated into Greek. Mm Mm-hmm which then was translated, transliterated into Latin, which was then transliterated into English. Old English. That is how you got J. That is how you got a lot of the... Well, bottom line is, the bottom line is that's how you went from Yeshua to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? It is a transliteration through multiple languages, but at the end of the day, he was a Hebrew, mm-hmm. and he had a Hebrew name. That is correct. A translation, a direct translation from Hebrew to English, his name would be Joshua. Anyway, the point is, growing up, the religiosity surrounding this man was more important than the man himself. And so I didn't learn who he was until I got older. When I learned who he was, that's when I started to understand what true love is. And um, I would encourage anybody, whether you believe in the Bible or not, whether you agree with the Bible, whether you ever even open the Bible, I would just encourage you to go read one chapter in the Bible. First Corinthians 13. Ooh. That will teach you all you need to know about what agape love is. Mm-hmm. And what you will learn from that chapter is it has nothing to do with your skin color, has nothing to do with your gender has nothing to do with your agenda, whatever that may be. It doesn't because there's no conditions to agape love. 
That is a truest form of love because that is the only love, as you pointed out, Cody, that is sacrificial. You have to give it away because you will not get something in return for it. There is zero condition. Um, in fact, the, that First Corinthians chapter 13 inspired, uh, little known fact, the song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. I didn't know that. I thought they were just talking about slinging. Do I have that wrong? I could have that wrong. I thought they were slinging phallus. I thought that's what Listen, I, I, I could have it wrong. I just, I'm just saying I'm pretty sure I'm not. I mean, that's what I thought. Growing up hearing that song, I thought that the, that's what they were talking about. And I was inspired to slaying phallus. So I, I thought that's, what, that's mm. what we were doing. We were supposed to just give it away. Let's, uh, let's agree to not agree about this particular thing, but agree to disagree on the rest of the story, which is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right. I die, Chris. Okay. Touche. So, yes. Anyways, at the end of the day, Cody, unfortunately, there is a lot of cultural bias and cultural influence when it comes to believing in God. And it's understandable. Um, I, you know, again, I don't want to get too, too deep into it, but historically, you could go back to the Babylonian times where the Tower of Babel was built. And the very first form of religion was formed in that city where they uplifted their king known as Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Not Nicodemus, I'm sorry. His buddy of mine. Yikes, is it Nicodemus? I'm, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing a blank here. Anyways, I'm terrible right now. But anyway, he was uplifted as a god mm-hmm. and they formed a religion. And then they were dispersed. Nimrod. Nimrod. That's what it was. I'm sorry. Why do people always Nimrod. Uh, because what they want to do is they want to call you the very first man god. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway. He so, was not a friend of mine. Yeah. Well, Nimrod was, um, he was challenging. He was challenging. Uh, he was inspired by his wife to allow the people around him to worship him as God and to build this tower and so forth. What ended up happening is, in Genesis, God talks about dispersing the people. And there's even some speculation that at that time, Pangea, which was a supercontinent, then broke up and became all the multiple continents that we have today. And the people, when, when, God's, when, when the Bible says that God dispersed them and separated them, he literally did it by continent. But they went to their continent with the concept of worshiping a king is God. And so they begin to continue that process. And that's where we, that's where we get the consonants and vowels. That is very possible. And so anyway, the point I'm trying to make is God created us in his image, I believe. And he looks at us that way. And it's from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And if we were able to look at each other from the inside out, that would result in a more positive loving environment or a more positive loving world, but that requires something outside of us. That is, that is powerful. Now it, it, you had said that, you know, growing up, you always thought that the way that, and again, I'm putting words in your mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong. I will definitely correct you. You grew up and then I'll just edit it out. Um, (laughs) It's, it's your weekend. It's your week anyway. So we yes. So you know I'm going to edit this bad boy by power. 
let me just drop some words so you can just cut them in. <laughs> I'm gonna leave them in so everybody knows. Yes, everybody. Just knows. drop some words. You'll cut them from one place to another. Uh, why did all of a sudden? Why did that word just pop in there? In the world. Uh, what? What? Who is Cody? But you said that you know you, you were having a discussion with some of your your boys uh, about how you were raised and what your your view of equality was or not equality, but inequality, the inequality, the inequity of how your interactions with police were. And you'd mentioned a couple of scenarios. And I, I said, it's interesting. I've had a couple of terrible interactions with police, quite terrible. And what is, what is different. And the reason that I still, even though I've had some negative interactions, I'll never be able to relate to your interactions. And we were talking about this. Uh, and a big reason we, we brought this up is that your experience lately is that people that are not in your situation, people that are white, people that are not black, that are not a minority, are telling you things and, and we don't get it, right? We don't. And so one of the relation areas or the areas that we relate to each other a very surface level is that one, I got beat up by a cop. He broke my cast, literally ripped me out of my car because we were driving after curfew. I was, I was 18, but the two individuals in my car were 17. And so um, I was ripped out of my car, accused of being drunk, accused of being on drugs. Neither were true. Accused that I was smuggling drugs in my cast, right? It wasn't because I was black. It wasn't because uh, my skin color at all. Somebody was having a bad day, right? And he took it out on me. I also had my skateboard taken away many times, pushed off my skateboard and have had, we had a small town cop that didn't like skateboarding. Had nothing to do with the color of my skin. But one of the stories you related was, you know, having a skateboard taken away from a black kid or being persecuted, prosecuted by a cop had nothing to do with just being a skateboarder. It had to do with being a black kid on a skateboard, completely different experience, completely different reason. And, and it's interesting, even though I've had some negative experiences, I still, I mean, I still can't relate. For example, I was driving 70 miles an hour in a 55 oblivious to the world. I was listening to who the Broncos were going to pick up in a draft, right? I was getting ready to go biking 6 a.m. in the morning and I look up and there's a police officer behind me. He'd probably been following me for a mile or more. And I pulled over and he came up to the car, you know, gave him my license and registration. You know how fast you're going? I said, I actually don't. <laughs> I don't know how fast I was going. Said, well, you're going 70 miles an hour. And he said, do you know how long I was following you? I was like, okay, if you got behind me at Wadsworth, I'm guessing about a mile and a half. He's like, yep. Yep, that's when I got behind you. And I said, okay, well, I, sorry, I was listening to the Broncos draft. He started talking to me about the Broncos draft. Who do you think? Okay, Mr. Dramer, please go slow. You know, have a good day. Enjoy your bike ride. Lots of interactions like that for me, right? So I'll never be able to relate to a police officer coming up to my car being worried about me, ever. Hey, I'm just too good looking. I mean, this is just a face of, happiness and i mean you you are you are you are pretty sexy cody but uh so that's number one and number two i happen to be very friendly and 
Oh, wait, wait. Number two, I'm not black. Sorry. Uh, I could argue. I could argue the friendly part, but yes. I, I was, you can't argue the friendly part? I could. You can't argue. I could. When you I met can. you, you when, I, when I first met you, Cody, you were kind of a dick. That was just from the waist down. <laughs> yeah man you know look look at the end of the day oh you know, by the way pander hold on you got hold your thought because pander mm-hmm. could I, I could be have been mistaken just then for pandering as to gratify or indulge yes however that's a verb and as a noun a pimp. So I didn't. I, I didn't use. I didn't. I didn't use it as a noun. That's a pandering. That's a verb. That's a verb. I have. You, you, you were verbing. You were verbing. Been accused of being a, a panderer. No, I didn't call you a panderer. I said you were pandering. So you were verbing. You weren't a noun. You weren't nouning. You were verbing. I was verbing. That is. Yes. That is yes. affirmative. So there's our word of the week. By the way. Oh snap! Threw that in. Wow, Cody, look at you, man! Kid, catch me off guard, man! Catch me off guard. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I interrupted. You interrupted what, Cody? What did you interrupt? You and your thought. My thought is this. I'm pretty fine. Sometimes I just I just look in the mirror and I just I'm having a bad day. I'm stressed out. I just look in the mirror and be like, man, you too fine to be stressed out, bro. You know what, man? Life is all good. And then, um, you know, I I just start thinking. I have this moment. I wish y'all could see what I'm seeing right now. I wish y'all could see what I'm seeing right now. A, he is a damn good looking dude. This fella is a handsome specimen. And right now I'm kind of questioning if he and I are going to (laughs) be dating next week. Or not. So, to any of those love interests in his life, I'm feeling a little bit sorry for you. Don't get jealous. Don't get jealous. This happens. This happens. Oh, but I wish y'all could see what I was seeing right now. Oh, my goodness, man. Goodness, goodness, goodness. (laughs) it's all good, man. Look, David and John, Cody, Cody, it's real, it's real simple, man. I only play tennis with one person. So yeah, man. With that said, uh, I hope everybody you know takes something away from this. At the end of the day, it's all about love. Um, I believe that love is the answer, but I also am a realist and understand that not everybody is going to agree with love, and so that's where we have to have accountability, and that's where we have to put controls in place to hold people accountable who don't want to commit or subscribe to the idealistic concept of agape compassionate love because they don't want to. There's some people that just don't want to, Cody. At Mm -hmm. the end of the day, you know what? Look, look, look. I don't believe in God. I have no reason to love you, Cody. I don't know you, Cody. You're doing nothing for my life, Cody. So why the heck am I going to go out of my way to be compassionate towards you and love you unconditionally and be, you know, and 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 look at ways to improve your life. Why? How does that? How does that make my life better? Right. And that's where you need something bigger than you to be like. Look, it's not about you, Tori. It's not about you. Uh, you're right. 
by the way, it was David and Jonathan. And, Thank you. And uh, I did have to look that up because I too couldn't remember. Jonathan, man. Yes. Everybody, everybody should find their David or Jonathan friend. It can be across the aisle. It can be across the uh, the, the your typical boundary or border. We've gotten it wrong in the past. We've gotten it wrong in the past, Tori. We've fought in the wrong. We've fought wars for the wrong reasons. We've fought each other for the wrong reasons. We've. Yep. I believe we're in a bit of a civil war type scenario where it doesn't matter. We don't. We're not looking at who matters and what matters in in the end at the end game. Uh, a lot of people are are just fighting to take their piece of the the spotlight, take their piece of the movement that's happening, and push their own agendas. You and I were talking about the narratives, uh, and and my take is that we are we're fighting with narratives versus facts. We're listening to a story loosely based on a fact, making it more of a sensationalized narrative and pushing that narrative that really interests people that hear what we're saying. This is on all sides of, of everything that's going on right now. And when you play identity politics, it divides um, along the race lines, along the gender lines, along the attraction, you know, the sex lines. It divides, it divides along the political lines. And when you do that, all you're doing is driving wedges between the relationship and you can't, you can't see what someone else is saying because all of a sudden you are now the enemy and your goal is to offend. Your goal is to try to force your opinion on other people. And to your point, that's not the way to do it. And it's got to be something bigger than yourself. And it's hard to, you know, we have to agree and we have to recognize that not everybody sees what we see. Not everybody believes how we believe. Not everybody even wants to, right? And to those of you who do listen, if, you, if you've ever met Tori and I, you know who we are. You know that when we say we love you, when we care about you, when we call you, our, you know, our friend, that's, that's no bullshit, period, end of story. You meet some people and they're like, yeah, dude, we're good buddies, whatever. That's not who we are. Like, we don't want that relationship. That's not the relationship we desire. In fact, I can't have service relationships. In my, I don't understand the purpose behind those. Uh, I believe that a relationship needs to be a connection of some sort. And I think that's why I make a good leader. I also think, I believe that's why I make a good friend. And, and, and I believe that's why you and I hit it off so deeply is that it's that spiritual connection that we had and the fact that we both don't let people in who we can't have a relationship with, a, you know, have a connection with because we don't believe in relationship. We believe in relationships. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Tori, thank you so much for today. Audience, we do. When we say we love you guys, we we do. If I can guarantee you, if we met each person that's listening to this, we would be able to really find that that space that we can connect in. We want this podcast to touch you. We want this podcast to reach your your higher than just a uh, an intellectual part of your your being. And we're just grateful that you've made it through. Uh, you know, this podcast. It's a bit shorter than the others, but in the end, I think that the message that 
Tori and I are sharing here is that you can be that sucker and you can be the dragon. And regardless of your background or who you are, you can find that, that connection and, and really connect in a way that, that brings you together, even if you can't see eye to eye on everything. I agree. And whether, you know, you're a simplistic person or you're bougie, you just make sure to keep it 100 or as they would say in modern times, keep it a book. Word. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a comment, subscribe, click the subscribe option or click the follow. Let us know uh, your thoughts. If you find us out on YouTube, we do have a, the dragon and that sucker YouTube. It is to Dats Tuesday, dropping our next podcast shortly uh, after we're done here. And we just look forward to hearing your comments. Uh, Tori, as always, you've got some great insight on how to leave those comments. Hey, and I appreciate you giving me the last word here, Cody. Definitely, number one, leave a review. And uh, what we'll do is we'll then connect into your account and pull that through an RSS reverse engineered feed back into our RSS enterprise and beam it down in a form of podcast that you won't be able to understand. Mm, It's a beautiful circle. Uh, Thank you. With that, we are out. Deuces. Thanks for joining us on this journey. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Make sure to check back with us to see where we end up next. Toodles. Toodles.